Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Daily Objective. And we're going to be talking about the year 2022 in review, uh, the good, the bad, everything else. Uh, we want to know what you think. So go ahead and comment in the chat. Send us a super chat with your thoughts, what you uh, thought was a highlight or low light, etc. And leave a like on the video on YouTube. I'm here with a guy who, boy, did he have a year. We just can't wait to review. Uh, he's currently stationed in Pittsburgh, where he is fighting the ultimate culture battle, that of producing art. It's Mark Pellegrino. Hey, Rucka. Hey, so Emmanuel just became a member. Welcome to the channel. Now, that's a 2022 uh, highlight for me. Um, so, yeah, it's been a, such a big year. All right. So one of the things I guess uh, we should mention right off the bat is Franco Harris of the Steelers passed away. Uh, and you're in like Pennsylvania as we speak. So, um, you know, right. It was right before the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. They were going to be honoring him at the game. Um, I think they were going to be retiring his jersey and he had to go and pass away. But uh, apparently a great guy, um, a really, really cool dude who um, was very generous with his time and uh, and a great football player. I mean, he was he was a running back for the uh, Steelers when the Steelers were in their dynasty mode, when they were like the greatest, most fearsome, most physical smash smash mouth um, football team in the NFL. Wow. Is the immaculate reception like a sounds like an evangelical sort of uh doomsday kind of thing? So Terry Bradshaw got pushed out of the pocket. He's running to his right, he throws to his left, it deflects off the receiver's hands, I think, or the defensive back's hands, falls forward into Franco Harris's hand. He runs for about 50 or 60 yards for a touchdown with only like five seconds on the clock. They win the game. Beautiful. That's like uh, some OJ Simpson level achievement in, in football. Yeah. Minus it? the end to OJ Simpson's career. Yeah. No kidding. Um, so also, we also lost the queen this year. That's, um, you know, she was old. She was very old. She was very She's old. She had a good run. She had a great run. Um, I don't agree with the monarchy existing. And if I was born as a monarch family, I would denounce or I would dis uh, whatever renounce my my monarchist status and dedicate myself to uh advocating i would use that exposure use that attention to advocate for capitalism and individual rights and all of that stuff however uh given that she chose to stick with the game plan she uh acted with poise and grace and dignity through her life that's the least you can expect if you're giving them that massive multi-million dollar stipend every year you're not wrong. Um, however, there are a lot of other monarchs that do all types of terrible things. Now, she doesn't have the power to, like, execute or anything like that. Anyway, yeah, I guess I guess she can burn in hell. Is that what? No, that's not nice to say. She's got, you know, surviving relatives. Uh, yeah, the, the monarchy is trash. They're, we should not pay that much attention to it. It's pretty strange and absurd but um yeah go ahead and yet we do we're still enamored of this thing called aristocracy mm -hmm. and we try to make we try to make our celebrities and politicians aristocrats too even though um especially the politicians are not i can see some celebrities because they're they're the aristocracy of ability right they they've actually done something many of them to uh, merit that status of celebrity so, I mean, I, I would love it if uh, we could make something like a hereditary monarchy uh, illegal. 
Yeah. Um, along with any other type of wealth distribute redistribution and all of that. Um, now, why do you think Ayn Rand had kind of a, an admiration, if that's a word, with aristocracy? You know, I think you see it a little bit in her in her literature and like the Fountainhead um, and, and in Atlas Shrugged. Um, she obviously wasn't advocating for like um, a, a caste system or anything like that or any kind of like um, birthright when it comes to moral stature or anything like that. But she did seem to have uh, she did seem to have a little bit of uh, a. Uh, like an emotional positive response to aristocracy, um, which I think is sort of like maybe it's just the idea of people like with very good, um, I don't know, uh, aesthetics, like respect, very good manners, just kind of like people who are like, um, you know, good stock, so to speak, rather than kind of low rent kind of low class people who, who act low class and don't really respect uh wealth so i don't know yeah i mean i would imagine it it comes from the characteristics of some of uh, the people would associate with aristocracy grace poise as you said diplomacy intelligence literacy uh, uh worldliness um you know and a command of self i think that's what we commonly associate with with uh, uh, an aristocratic class and also big enough to handle some world problems, right? The, the aristocratic class definitely had, in especially in feudal times, a, a great deal of responsibility. I mean, with their with their ill-gotten gains came obligations to the, uh, the people uh, around them that sometimes uh, put them in harm's way. So there's that too, the courage, the bravery, and, um, you know, maybe yeah. she, maybe she means those qualities. Yeah, well said. Uh, speaking of aristocracy, um, Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp was televised and was highly viewed. Um, I didn't pay close attention to the trial, but my understanding is that Johnny Depp ended up being kind of vindicated after he was like the target of really bad smearing um so yeah, yeah she's clearly she's clearly a sociopath um and um and maybe maybe her pathology made her think she was going to come out of this unscathed she'd be able to cry or or look a certain way and convince people that she was the abused party but um that's not the way it turned out and we we got to see how um how utterly dark and screwed up some people are <laughs> Um, I, I didn't like looking at the other side of Johnny Depp. I like looking at his uh, his work, but when I see what's underneath it, it's really a, a morally, philosophically, intellectually bankrupt dude <laughs> who's really fractured and really needs to get his shit together. Um, so it was unfortunate I had to see that part of him, but um, somehow it translates into good work when he's when he's working. I don't know how, but it does. People are complex, um, but yeah, like uh, there's sort of this worship of celebrity um, in the world, in America, everywhere, it seems. And so like someone like Johnny Depp or someone like Amber Heard, they're not only ungodly wealthy, but like people treat them like royalty. Um, so I imagine they might develop kind of a cynical view of people, kind of like this Gail Winan view, like anyone can be bought or uh or like no one really stands for anything if they're just gonna like throw it all away when johnny depp walks into the room so maybe that kind of i don't know uh, maybe, i don't know that amber heard would merit that kind of treatment and if people were doing that 
for her, I, I would probably acquire the same point of view. I think Johnny Depp has earned status uh, as an actor and celebrity. He's done amazing work out there. He's a very talented actor. Um, he just has personal issues that he's got to work his way through, I think, in a more productive way. But he's earned, I think, his status as a guy that deserves to be respected for what he does. Oh, he definitely does deserve to be respected. Um, but I mean, I imagine he's seen some things like I imagine he's seen, I don't know, women who are married, throw themselves at him, just stuff like that, that makes him kind of think, I don't you know, I mean, everyone has their price. You're hearing this third hand. I, I'm, I'm no, no, I'm, I'm making it up. I'm not. No, even no, no. I'm saying I'm saying okay. you're hearing what I'm oh, about to say is third hand it. because it's mm -hmm. going through another actor who knows him. He's actually he actually is a, apparently a very gentle, uh, a, you know, assured um, um, person. So I, I don't I don't think this cynicism has has uh, cut into his heart, it, at least from what I understand from another actor who's, who knew him and worked with him. Okay, well, that's good. Um, so when you say he's like got like a broken moral compass, is that what you were saying? Like, I mean, how could you not if you're an alcoholic and a drug addict? I mean, that's what essentially that is, right? Massive mm -hmm. character flaws that you have, you have no conscious mechanism of working on. So you anesthetize yourself to the pain that they inevitably bring. And uh, I, I mean, a program at least is the beginning steps of acquiring a philosophy to help you navigate the world a little bit better and deal with your anxiety and pain and uh, um, and psychic issues. Um, he, just, he just doesn't have that. He needs something to clean that mess up. And I think he'd yeah. be a better actor for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can only imagine uh, working on your personal character makes you a better artist and a better actor and all of that. Um, Although there is the mythology, I think, amongst many actors that if they go to therapy and get cleaned up, they won't have any of that neurosis to work off of. I know that my mentor's mentor, Sanford Meisner, thought that art came from neurosis. And I think that there, that that perspective sort of saturates the artistic community, right? They don't want to oh. be, they, they don't think they should become conscious of the things that move them or in, in negative and positive ways, because they think if they do, they'll no longer be moved, right? It's that that concept that, you know, when we learn about the sparrow, we're no longer mystified by it, like science and the, rom and the romantic uh, uh, poetic connection to nature are antithetical to each other. And I don't think they are. Um, so I don't know if he doesn't, maybe he sought help and it just hasn't worked out, or maybe he's still working through stuff now, but, um, you know, I think actors suffer from that error in reasoning that if they get it straightened out, shit ain't going to go right anymore. Oh, yeah. Songwriters, too. All types of artists think their creativity depends upon them doing drugs and stuff like that. Um, and if like you quit doing drugs or you quit drinking, then like immediately your creativity often is stunted and you think, oh, man, I need to get back on back to the bottle or the drugs. But it's about that long term kind of uh recalibration uh the long-term flourishing that kind of brings about your ultimate creative potential but a lot of people they don't they're not willing to uh go for the long game um so yeah um johnny depp's trial was kind of like maybe the sort of and like in a weird way like the antithesis to the me too movement and there's a lot of good about the me too movement there's a lot of there's it was necessary i think uh a, re a reasonable view says and of course, there were excesses 
and Amber Heard's treatment of Johnny Depp is sort of like the excess or like the um, the corrupting force within the Me Too scene. And Johnny Depp got vindicated, uh, raising the question of how many, first of all, how many um, alleged abusers won't ever be vindicated? Also, how many lying victims, alleged victims uh, are, or no, no, how many actual victims are not going to come forward because people like Amber Heard are abusing the system, so to speak. So it's just, uh, it's disheartening, but also a little bit um, of a positive sign to see somebody getting vindicated who was smeared like Johnny Depp. Yeah, I mean, let's, we we understand that that movement had to happen, especially in Hollywood. People use positions of power to abuse others, and that, that needs to be um, uh, exercised out of our system. But uh you know, there was a mantra going on during that movement that I thought was very harmful, which is just believe women. Um, no, you just you don't just believe anybody. You have to you have to produce evidence. You have to show us that what you're saying is credible. Um, assertions and accusations don't fly in a free country, particularly when the person you're asserting these things uh, about uh, or, or the person you're accusing can can lose their career, lose their livelihood based on just the things that you say. Mm -hmm. A couple super chats. Marilene with $2 says abdicate. I don't remember what, maybe I was fishing for a word earlier. Yeah, I think he would abdicate. He would abdicate your royal responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Right. Marilene with five more dollars says Cheryl worked hard at becoming a Taggart wife, quote. Jim wasn't worthy of her. Francisco earned being a Danconia with his mills and investments. So yeah, you you can kind of you can live up to the wealth that you inherited, or you can work to you can come from the ghetto and become worthy of wealth. Um, but some people they're born into it and they don't respect it, and that's the sort of um, the unfortunate thing. Uh, John uh, Jonathan Honig with nine ninety nine says in honor of Razi. Now there's a guy in a position of power that is not abusing me. I hope he's not abusing you. He's not using it to, uh, you know, get away with anything that I'm aware of. So he's sort of the antithesis to Harvey Weinstein and guys like that. Um, so that's good. good. I think isn't this the year that Harvey Weinstein got sentenced as well? Didn't he finally? Um, and they finally lowered the boom on him. I don't remember. I think it might have been more uh, a year or two before that. Even it was a while back, actually. Yeah, I, I was still in L.A. when he got sentenced. Uh, the The actual case that got him locked up was kind of a sketchy one. Um, I actually knew the girl who got who actually got him locked up, Jessica Mann. I took an improv class with her many years back in L.A. Oh, do um, tell. Let's hear the dirt. Just like she had m- mentioned to me at the time that she had been dating a producer and that there's all this drama. And stuff like that. And um, uh, he's uh, herself a very sensual person. Uh, She once climbed on me for an improv scene in in class. Um, She seemed to really find our teacher attractive. That doesn't entitle Harvey Weinstein to do anything inappropriate to her. Uh, But the case that got him locked up uh, made some people raise their eyebrow, kind of like they were dating for a while. And she met his parents and stuff like that. And then and then at some point after he was outed, she said that he had been like abusing her. It's 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 a strange case. I you know, um, yeah, that's really terrible. Hmm? That's terrible if that's the case. Even even for a creepy guy like that, I mean, don't jump on the bandwagon. I mean, it's it's a uh, it, any anytime somebody's found guilty in court, I, I say let's be sober and not like cheer because court is serious business. So even like when Derek Chauvin 
was sentenced and people were cheering, I said, you know, a guilty verdict is serious business. We, we don't want to become mobbish and excitable. Um, speaking of excitement, we got $5 from Robert Nasser saying in with a musical note emoji, he says, I know musicians who the more they learn music theory. Okay. I don't, he, maybe he's not singing the less creative they were. That's not inherent in music education, but it does happen. Oh, sure. I mean, there, there's aspects of, I mean, I mean, I think when you're performing, you have to be free of all that stuff right? You can't be thinking about all of it. You have to perform. You have to be acting. You have to be in the moment. Um, and the more of that stuff that clouds you, certainly it's going to impede your 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 freedom and your access to your subconscious. So he's right about that. You don't want rules to get in the way when you're when you're working. But they're mm -hmm. valid for they're valid to to form, you know, your character and they're valid uh, as an approach to something. But, you know, you throw them away when you're in the moment. That's all that yeah. matters. That's right. All right. Um, what else happened this year? We had um, uh, Russia invading Ukraine. That's um, not going to make anybody's day. Um, so I remember when that happened, it was like early 2022, like March or, or, or February. And there was like kind of a split on the right. There were like the right wingers who they thought that was really cool. And Putin is, is a badass. They thought while others said, well, this is, this is too far. Like we don't, you know, we're not about this, right guys. And it looked like there was going to be kind of a split among conservatives or Republicans or whatever. And time has definitely uh, been on the side of the pro Putin, right. In as, in so in as far as they become the, um, winning voice on the right. So in one instance of many, uh, especially this year, of seeing how detached the new right, detached the new Republicans are from the sort of average, basically decent person out there. Like these guys have just gone so far off the deep end that they're, they see any like pro-Ukraine, uh, you know, lip service as like shilling for Ukraine and, oh, we're sending them all our money as if we don't send our tax dollars to every other goddamn country in the world, right? Like it's all about Ukraine and it's all one big uh, racket and Candace Owens out there saying that, oh, this is one big conspiracy. Like it's just Jesus. These people, uh, how low will they sink? So those that's a well, low enough to possibly um, nominate Donald Trump again. Oh, yeah, it's going to be interesting looking ahead. Oh, it's going to be nothing, nothing, if not entertaining. Kathleen with 10 pounds says so much happens in 365 days. It's important to reflect and review. Otherwise, time seems to fly so fast and we forget how much there was to enjoy, appreciate and improve. Happy 2023 to you all with a heart emoji. Now, that is a nice super chat. Thank you, Thank Kathleen. You. Um. So speaking of, so anyway, Ukraine and Putin, anything to add to that? Or uh, did we pretty much? <laughs> no, I, I think we definitely are seeing how corrupt the, um, the the populist right is. And they're they're joining up with the libertarians too, to um, you know, try to sabotage Ukraine and, and, uh, and sidle up to Putin and his traditional Orthodox Christian uh, outlook whatever it is he's, he's trying to impose on the rest of the world or on that little part of the world um yeah yeah we've they've been exposed but they've been exposed for a while yeah i mean the the interesting thing was remember there was this whole like punching a nazi 
meme going around, like Richard Spencer was punched in the street back in 2016. And yeah. it raised this conversation, like, should you punch a Nazi? And of course, the the pro free speech side, including objectivists, said, no, you can't punch anyone for their ideas. Um, you mustn't. Um, and, you know, so the right, you know, the the new right, all of them, of course, uh, they said, yeah, they they said, yeah, don't don't punch Richard Spencer just because you think he's a Nazi. You can't just start punching anyone you think is a Nazi. Um, and then Putin literally invades, invades a neighboring country on the basis that he believes there are, are Nazis inside of that country. He believes Ukraine has Nazis in it and he's going to denazify Ukraine. So more than a punch, he actually takes a military and invades Ukraine while being informed and uh, advised by postmodern type philosophers around him, the, the spiritual guiders of Putin are like the worst of the left, the worst that the 20th century has come up with, other than that they're not like gender woke. They're not into all that part of wokeness. But other than that, completely subjectivist, completely, you know, uh, as postmodern or whatever, as you would expect from the left. This guy is invading an actual country on the allegation that they are Nazis. And the populist right thinks that's pretty, pretty good. Um, God help us. So, Indeed. yes. Um, speaking of uh, the right wingers being out of touch with uh, normal people, the red wave that was predicted for the last couple of years did not happen. And as Ben Shapiro tweeted on election night, from red wave to red wedding. Red what? Red wedding. You know, you ever watch Game of Thrones? There was a big wedding scene where they were slaughtered in the in the oh, wedding man room it was pretty yeah red wedding yeah well that that should be a wake-up call for the right that um that you know sidling up to trump and and making him the candidate for 2024 is going to be a losing proposition yes he's got a cultish following of a few million folks who still think you know he's the strong man that can save us from the woke left but i got news for you folks he ain't and I think there's enough people in the Republican Party that realize that, as I as I said, you know, a few shows ago, the New York Post is coming down on Trump hard. I think some pundits are going to start uh, some, not not all, but some some will start breaking ranks. I hope if they want the Republican Party to survive the 2024 election, they should do that. Now, I predicted when Trump got into office in 2016 that that was the death of the Republican Party. Now, this remains to be seen, but we're, we're inching up pretty close to it. And I don't mind that happening. I think the Republican Party needs to be replaced with the American Capitalist Party, to be honest with you. Um, we need we need the statist, populist, demagogic uh, elements of that party to just gravitate or, over to the left, which is where they belong. The statists all belong on the left and let uh, let let real liberty um, uh, ring from a party that stands for individualism. Yeah, I think your prediction was right. Uh, it just it's not going to be seen overnight. But the midterms after Trump got elected, the midterms two years later were, uh, you know, in the Democrats favor, which is generally expected. So, you know, that the incumbent party would suffer after a presidential election. So nobody made that much of it. But then 2020 comes around again. So many people voted against Trump that it's you know, it was like uh, it was an historical event. Then 2022 comes about. And this time it's like you got everything in your favor as a Republican. The incumbent party is Democrat. Trump, you know, uh, 
I don't know, whatever it is uh, that you think is we're going to. We're, we're in a recession. Energy's mm-hmm. through the roof. Gas right. prices are triple what they were before. I mean, you have every economic indicator uh, telling you 75% of the population hates where the country's going. This is in the, this should should have been a tsunami because they offer nothing except anti-wokeness or anti-leftness. They offer no positive uh, platform. I, I mean, Newt Gingrich tried to insert that in there, right? Through him, they tried to get another contract with America going, but I don't think they have the gravitas to do it. Um, so they have a negativist platform that's based on just being reactionary and against what the left is proposing. That means the left is is morally the aggressor, as they always are. That's why they win. And the and the right is just reactionary and anti-moral in 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 the way that they set up the argument and always lose. So um yeah, and until there's a until somebody can offer a positive platform that's about that that unconditionally asserts an individual's right to exist for his own sake, they're not going to win anything. Not for long term. Not for a while after uh, after the shit show, excuse my language, that Trump brought about. Um, it really rubs people the wrong way. And right after the midterms, you started seeing prominent people on the right, conservatives saying like, OK, OK, so Trump didn't work out for us. Time to accept that DeSantis is the guy. But first of all, it's like, yeah, good luck, you know, getting this Trump guy to, to go away quietly. Um, and Trump's continued to uh, hurt his own brand and the Republican brand by proxy since that time. Um, and I mean, it, one thing that should def- one thing that should define somebody in the political class is timing, the capacity to to read read the room and time events according to what what you're reading, not sacrificing your your integrity to do that, but to understand that. And, and what did Trump come out with? Uh, you know, sort of right after this, those damn trading cards, those digital trading cards. I mean, the cheesiest, worst thing you could possibly do. I mean, great for me because I was hoping people would see, oh, this guy's like a, a fraudulent Barnum and Bailey. I mean, just, you know, let him, now you can see how, what a fraud he is. Let him, let him go. But um, just terrible, terrible timing. And that right there should disqualify the guy from presidential candidacy in 2024. Yeah, I wonder if the people around him were telling him like, oh, like you'll reach the crypto bros, you know, you'll 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 show how in touch you are with the, the crypto community by by putting out these NFTs free it trade was, with. It, it was it was the it was the comment during that stupid commercial. I'm better, better than uh, Lincoln, better than Washington. OK, it was that that that. And that's two sentences into his pitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he released that video on Twitter. I mean, looking back, it's like, holy F, these these stuff that Trump tweeted and said over the years. Um, like he posted that video that shows him like Trump 2022, Trump 2024, like just showing Trump 2020, 2030, just like showing Trump winning every four years until like 2080. This was like a video he posted. And of course, people are like, ha ha, that's funny. He's triggering the snowflakes and all that. But it's like this guy has no respect and none. And his supporters have no respect for facts. They have like no respect for truth. That's why he can just say, yeah, like I'm better than Lincoln. And people are like, yeah, you know, I think he is better than Lincoln. Like uh, as long as the, the as long as all the, the people who hate Trump are upset by what he's saying, they'll support what he says. Um, we got 200 SEKs. That's the Swedish crones, I think, from free trade. He says, Happy New Year, guys. 
Thanks for all the content during the past year. Well, thank you, Free Trade. Talk about trade. He just uh, helped the network with his disappointingly uh, low worth currency. You hear 200, you get excited. And then you're like, uh, Mr. Producer, if you can tell us what that's worth in, you know, USD, um, I'll, I'll contain my um, uh, excitement. Robert with $2 says the list of DJT's disqualifying remarks is, and then there's like the like sideways eight symbol. I'm a little confused. Infinite, you know? infinite. It's infinite. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Donald J. Trump's disqualifying remarks. Yeah. Um, so speaking of uh, Trump's friends and people he met with since the midterms make uh, further nailing his grave, uh, Kanye West uh, went off a bit of a deep end. He seems to have uh, spent a little bit too much time on the underbelly of the Internet, and he is finally getting some things off his chest, his views about the Jews. And it started with, you know, some Jews have have, you know, tricked him in business or given him bad contracts with I, which I'm skeptical, by the way, because if he's really a billionaire, I would say the Jews around him have uh, looked out for him pretty well. But yeah. let, let's say he's got a bone to pick with some Jewish people. You got to be careful saying that you got to be a little bit more sensitive than he was, obviously, to put it lightly. And then he just starts hanging out with Nick Fuentes. He starts going around on the Alex Jones show, on the Gavin McInnes show, saying stuff like the Holocaust numbers are inflated. Just I mean, as as low as you can sink with your rhetoric, Kanye went there. Um, well, and- I think I think this is what the Greeks referred to as hubris, right? When when somebody gets a little too big for their bridges, reality comes and slaps them down. Now, I don't know if Kanye is hip to reality. He seems to be uh, losing his gr- grip on it uh, as the months go by, but he certainly got slapped down. If he thought he was impervious to cancellation, uh, if you thought he was impervious to the market, he was wrong. Uh, uh, he can't say anything with uh, impunity and not feel the sting of that. Now, today we live in a, a society where people who don't deserve to be canceled are, and the reasons are uh, specious. But in this case, um, it's right on. And um, him losing his endorsements, what was it, for Adidas and some clothing lines, fully appropriate for the crazy things that he's saying. And if he thinks he can still get away with it, he's he's in for a, a really big uh, surprise. <sighs> yeah. Uh, by the way, 200 Swedish Krona is $19.18 American. That actually is a, ni- a really nice super chat. I, I realize my disparaging remarks were a little bit unappreciative. So thank you, Free Trade, for your support. Um, so uh, another person who kind of rose and, and fell in the same year, some would say I would say he kind of fell, but time will tell is a guy named Andrew Tate. Uh, are you familiar with the, Mr. Tate? He's the, he's the former kickboxer, right? And yeah, he's, he's a guy who tweeted recently reading books is for losers. Yeah, he says that type of thing all the time. And he's like semi in character, semi satirical. So you could never really, you know, you can never accuse him of of, of espousing anything. Um, but I think he's a little bit of a, of a loser. Um, there's more to life than how much money you have in the bank. His, his primary approach to women seems to be dangling money in front of them. And that to me is a sign of insecurity. It's the opposite of the sort of redeeming elements of aristocracy. You know, 
a guy like Andrew Tate, all he does is tell people don't be educated. All he wants to do is convince everyone that all women care about his money and that he's got a lot of it so he can have any woman and as many of them as he wants. But that to me is insecurity. I mean, wealth is a wonderful thing, but if you lead with money, that's your that's your primary kind of calling card. That's the first thing you tell someone about yourself is I have money. I have money. That's pretty pathetic. Yeah, I mean, he is the poster boy for toxic masculinity. Um and uh well he's getting his comeuppance right they apparently he's it was accused of starting a little criminal ring that was involved in sex trafficking uh right and so now it looks like he you know it may be indicted or go away for a little while depending on what they can pin on him this is this is a romanian sex ring i guess that's where he does his his business <laughs> um so you know what goes around comes around you know you preach that that uh philosophically and ethically vacuous ethics of you know material uh, just material pure materialism pure looks all superficiality um you know it's going to come around and bite you in the butt because it's just it's not a long-term way to look at the world but he was a good right. fighter he was like 79 and six so and i saw a couple of his fights he's uh he's pretty he's pretty handy it seems like uh fighters have really poor opinions that they want to get out there. Like Jake Shields, uh, I guess, is a fighter who's also out there tweeting all types of hot takes. Um, yeah, his hot takes tend to be that weird conservative uh, conspiracy thing. And who knows? Maybe he's taking a few shots to the head. His jujitsu is really good, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's what he's we smart say. on the mat. He's smart on the mat. Yeah, can't take that away from him. Uh, we got 199 from Note Beam, Note or Note Beam. Thank you for that. Not don't recognize this user. It looks like a person with a guitar of some kind. Nice to have uh, artists here around us. Um, yeah. So Andrew Tate got arrested. He basically started tweeting, uh, picking a fight with. Um, well, so first his kind of rise was he became insanely popular around March or April or sometime in in spring or late winter of this year insanely popular he found a way to get a bunch of people to post his own clips it because it it gets them to funnel people over to his pyramid scheme which then they get a cut of the action if people sign up so he get he incentivized people to post his clips everywhere all over social media and that made him insanely popular for a while but then he got insanely deplatformed and basically scrubbed off of all social media but then elon of course reinstated him at which point um uh tate picked a fight with greta thunberg Oh, when we needed her most, <laughs> she returned. And oh, that's right. That's right. And but they were able to tell from the video, right, that the pizza pl place that he was at yeah. uh, was in Romania. So they were able to locate him over there. Yeah, he tweeted at uh, Greta Thunberg. He's like, here's all the cars that I own and, and their low mileage, whatever. Like, here's how much they pollute. Uh, if you want a full list of my cars, please give me your email. And she tweeted back at him. Yes, please enlighten me. It's. Uh, email is smalldickenergy at getalife.com. I don't Did know what that? accent that was. Yeah, she said that. Uh, yeah, she's way Greta. cooler than he is. I keep telling people, Andrew Tate is not cool. He He's is not, not cool. cool. Guys not who think cool. guys who think Andrew Tate gets chicks are like young and and confused. Yeah, he might he might get he might get girls, but they're really stupid. And they're yeah, really or they're bad. they're into money. He gets strippers. I mean, he gets yeah, he pays women. Video. That's not that is not game. So he's not that cool. Uh, Hassan Piker from the left get is is smoother with women, I'm sure, than Andrew Tate. 
And that guy is a hippie looking doofus. By the way, Nathan Smith with $10. Thank you for that. He says, Happy New Year. Um, so yeah, Andrew Tate then made a video in response to Greta Thunberg, where he's like, ah, oh, just riffing and looking like he's he's having the best day of the year, just laughing and trolling her some more. And then someone hands him a pizza while he's talking, and it says Jerry's Pizza on it, which is apparently a chain in in Romania, and that gave Romanian authorities the uh, tip that he's in Romania, so they can arrest him, and they did, and so now he's uh, in trouble. Yeah, but it's it's for sex trafficking too, right? Like he started a little criminal gang. He didn't. He and his brother start a little, a little enterprise, and, and they were and they were like trying to pin women into uh, prostitution. And I don't know. I know originally after he was a fighter, his big success in business was hiring webcam girls, basically girls who get paid to hang out on a webcam, talk to men on video. Like he basically managed them and got a bunch of them working for so him. He was a pimp. In, a, in effect, um, which, of course, should be perfectly legal. But now when I hear he's being arrested for sex trafficking, I don't know if he's doing something like that, which may or may not be legal. I don't know if that's legal in Romania or if sex trafficking means he's actually, you know, trafficking people against their will, which, of course, would be a huge, huge uh, thing. It seems and, like something he would do. I'm just saying. Because I mean, he's not it, about that. He's about the money. He's about the thing that comes after it. He's yeah, the and, his, and his rhetoric all day is about how cool Genghis Khan is and how, you know, raping a third of the planet is 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 an alpha move. So, like, if that's if that's how you present yourself all day, I mean, people, you know, we're not right. going to give you the benefit of the doubt necessarily. But at the same time, you know, he deserves his day in court. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, by the sword, die by the sword. There you go. Marilyn with $5. Thank you for that. All right. So that's uh, Andrew Tate, the latest. His rot, he definitely ro rose and some would say fell all in the same year. Um, speaking of Twitter, we got Elon Musk having quite a year. He decided to buy Twitter uh, and he ended up doing it after several months of like legal complications where I think he, he wanted to back out of the deal, but now he was committed to it. Um, so he ended up needing to buy Twitter and he's kind of, uh, winging it. He's kind of figuring it out as he goes, putting a lot of major policy decisions in the hands of, of the poll voters on Twitter. So it's uh, quite interesting to see how this is playing out. Yeah. I'm not into that. You know, I don't think you should make business decisions based on, uh, polls. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I haven't noticed any uh, differences in the, it seems to me the content has gotten a little bit more civil, but um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, I, I, I haven't noticed all the things that the hysterical left are noticing, but, you know, maybe I'm just not tuned in. Um, I wouldn't blame Elon Musk directly for this, but definitely like some Holocaust denier uh, extreme like anti-Semites have returned to Twitter after being banned previously. But I wouldn't it's not, I don't think Elon personally you know, or not necessarily anyone personally at Twitter made that decision by weighing that decision. It was more like, let's just bring a bunch of people back who were previously banned and kind of start hit, hit reset. Um, so, yeah, Elon, he seems to be making decisions either by poll, posting these polls or kind of like arbitrarily. Uh, he says he won't bring Alex Jones back because Elon lost a child as an infant. And so the idea of like Alex Jones upsetting the Sandy Hook families is 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 a bridge too far whereas elon musk will reinstate many other people 
So it's kind of like what Elon emotionally responds to seems to be the criteria, which of course well, and, is his. I mean, that's yeah. that's sort of the criteria of the people who were banning uh, folks when they were on the left, right? Banning people on the right. Um, you know, that's what they can do. It's their platform. They can do whatever they want with it. And I think you and I would agree on that. It's stupid. <laughs> we don't think it's any, it's long-term to just uh, go with your impulses in that way. But, um, you know, it's their space. Let them do what they want. No, it definitely let them do what they want. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, my prediction is Twitter will be a, a dumpster fire. I think it will be the next either like parlor or bit shoot or one of these places where just like, like the conspiracy quacks have like the loudest voice. And um, that's my prediction. But hey, I could be wrong. Maybe Twitter will be an enormous success story. You really, you know, who who knows? It already uh, has been an enormous success story. Right. But moving, looking ahead, it could go the way I'm predicting, which is that it becomes an embarrassing uh, broken link, basically, like a, a, a shady dumpster fire that really? uh, yeah. that's my that's what I think could happen. Could. Yeah. Um, Kirk Wilcox with two dollars says criticizing Elon Musk. What are you on the left? He just he, he super chats because he wants me to do the voice. What are you on the left? Um. So yeah, Twitter. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, Kanye West uh, got, fell from grace. You know, went from I mean, went from the most popular human being on earth in 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 music and in fashion to uh, maybe gonna end up losing it at losing it all. Um, and thanks to misinformation spread by people like Candace Owens, people are acting like like the Jews at the bank, like cut off Elon Musk, right? Like or not Elon Musk, Kanye West, like. He was cut off from his bank and lost access to his money, which is just such a lie. It's just so not true. But, um, you know, if, if his Apple Pay stops working, right, because Adidas's, uh, Adidas's credit card linked up to it was, was discontinued, then, of, of course, Kanye goes to the Internet and says, yo, now, now they're cutting off my funding. I got, you know, like, it's absolute. Uh, the Internet bring, it, it, it brings, um, like, hot-headed, range-of-the-moment conspiracy conclusions to the biggest audience on earth so it's 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 a recipe for disaster the internet is um speaking of the biggest audience on earth eight billion people are now roaming planet earth i have i heard before we went live so well, that's nice thank god for industrial farming and industrial, industrial farming food, industrial farming and industrial food production that's what has enabled us to go from whatever paltry number we had so many centuries ago to eight billion and we can support more Bring it on. More humans are better. Oh, yeah. And capitalism, liberty, allow these people to live where they want to to build where they want and to trade how they want. And just just watch this barely, barely exploited planet become just a wonderful place full of wealth, joy and good times. So uh, welcome, eight billion. Let's get to nine by 2023 or well, a little late for that, but 2024. Let's try. Everyone, get busy, if you know what I mean. Uh, Allie with $2 says, I'm late to this TDO, but Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you, too. And uh, final item I have on the list is Roe v. Wade was overturned. That's uh, a very low moment. Probably another reason that the red wave became a red wedding in the midterms. Um, I think I think so, because they put uh, there was a lot of um, abortion uh propositions on most of the um ballots so i think people were reminded of the fact that now ab abortion has been thrown to the states and states can 
choose to ban it uh, or put whatever conditions they want to on it. Um, now, some on the conservative constitutionalists said this is a pro probably think this is appropriate. It's for it's the way the federalist system is supposed to operate. States have a co-equal power with the federal government, and and this is uh, properly in the hands of the states. I don't think so because it's a fundamental rights issue, and I think it's something that should be decided at the federal level and should be and should apply to every state um, equally. Right. So um, this is something that the Supreme Court should have should have decided not thrown back to the states. So it is, it is a scary day and a number of states have taken that uh, that uh, pass and and used it to create some pretty onerous uh, anti-abortion law. Yeah. Um, and uh, producer Daniel says we're eight millions over eight billions already by the way i think that's eastern european speak for like we're at already at eight million above eight billion so yep. we're getting there so now that abortion is basically under under threat maybe uh maybe we'll have more babies i guess uh kathleen with two pounds says will arc uk's fave twitter guy do tdo's next year uh yeah we're working on getting him he's uh very busy watching tesla uh sink into the ground Allie Beard with $5 says, Mark, is your new year resolution to continue hammering out on Twitter trolls? Don't kill me for the joke. You do well and have colorful phrasing, lol. No, I'm, I'm going to try to wean myself out of beating up Twitter trolls. Well, there's a resolution. Any other resolutions now that we have reviewed the year? Anything you're planning on working on? in this upcoming year just to put up more reality checks and keep hammering away at the culture uh, we've i've got some three scripts in the works hopefully uh one of those can get produced and put out there in the world and we can start turning shit around that's exactly right my uh resolution is to keep going to the gym i am i'm getting there it's going to take a little bit more time but when i when we get to the same weight class time for an arc uk tournament everybody uh apollo zeus with two pounds says happy new year everyone thank you thank you all right uh good times good year thanks mark good to see yep. you happy new year happy uh, new year to you enjoy your uh, uh pennsylvania version of what new year's eve is like going to philadelphia going to philadelphia for uh, new year's so it'll be fun sounds like some cheese steak um deep fried everything and lots of beer all right, everybody, uh, have a wonderful New Year's Eve and a New Year's Day. Leave a super thanks on this video on YouTube to support the network and hit that join button to become a member. Thank you all. Happy New Year and goodbye. Peace.